The following podcast is sponsored by the Hood College Bookstore. Most of us think of the bookstore as just a place to buy or rent books. Well, I'm here to tell you that's not the case. The Hood College Bookstore is a great place to buy all kinds of things. Need some Hood-branded merch? You'll find hoodies and t-shirts, hats and scarves, sweats and socks, mugs and cups. They even have Hood-branded blankets. Low on shampoo or soap? They have you covered. Bad breath before class? Buy some gum or Tic Tacs. Need a pen, highlighter, or notebook? The bookstore has tons. Does your roommate have a dog? Buy them a Hood College leash or collar. Need some Advil or Tums? The bookstore has your back. Need a last-minute birthday gift for your best friend? You'll find plenty of options. What I'm saying is, the Hood College bookstore has you covered for all your gift, school, snack, and clothing needs. Oh, and did I mention, they also have gift cards. Lots and lots of gift cards. So the next time you're in WIT, stop in and browse around. Mention my name, Tim Jacobson, and the name of this podcast, Get to Know a Blazer, and receive 10% off your purchase. Everything that is except books. But listen to the show first. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Get to Know a Blazer, an in-depth yet lighthearted interview podcast that focuses on the many interesting and wonderful people that inhabit our Hood College campus. I'm your host, Tim Jacobson, for those of you who don't know me, and I'm still assuming there are many. I'm the coordinator for Hood College Broadcasting Studios and an instructor of visual media communication. On the last episode of GTKAB, I interviewed Melissa Dryman, one of my former students and a 2017 Hood graduate. It was great to catch up with Melissa and find out that her wedding photography business is doing extremely well. So if you or someone you know is looking for a wedding engagement or portrait photographer, Look up B Natural Photography, that's B-E-E, like as in the little buzzy guy, on the internet. You cannot go wrong with Melissa. For this week's guest, I came back to campus to do an interview with a person that I have known for over 10 years. I can't believe it. It's been over 10 years. But I still know little about this person. And this interview, after doing this interview, I realized that this is the reason I decided to do this podcast. So please, without further pause, please welcome to the show. So I'm Lisa Algazi Marcus, and I teach French here at Hood. I'm a professor of French and gender studies, and I'm also co-director of the honors program. Okay, how long have you been here at Hood? I think 28 years. I was 28 years? Yeah, I arrived in 1994. Fall of 1994. Wow. Um, man, that's a lot of change. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 28 years. Yeah, that's a long time. So where, all right, so you've been here for 28 years. Mm-hmm. Um, where were you before that? So I had a two-year position, well, it was a tenure-track position that I was in for two years at the University of West Georgia before okay. this, um, and that's the job that I got coming out of graduate school. All right, so West Georgia. Mm-hmm. How did you get from West Georgia to Hood? 
it's that's a national a long trip. Yeah, it is. It's a national job search. So that's okay. how it works in my field, and it still right. does now that you apply for jobs all over the country, and this is the job I got. Now, were you, was it more like, oh, Frederick's a great area, or was it, this is something a little bit more permanent and... It was more, uh, there was a combination out? of things. I was, at, at the time, married to someone I'm not married to now, okay. um, who was very interested in being near a big city. Um, so I did not apply to any jobs that were out in the middle of nowhere because yeah. he wouldn't be interested in that. He was looking for jobs in big cities. So this was close enough to D.C. to qualify to be on my list of places I could I could apply. And as was West Georgia, we were an hour from Atlanta. Okay. So, um, but he didn't like Atlanta very much, and he was unhappy there. And I was not oh, super yeah. happy there either. The students weren't really that interested in French. Hmm. Um, and I had a lot of students in 101 and then not very many that continued. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was looking for some place that had students who were a little more interested in what I was teaching. So, right. um, and have you found that like, the students here are? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Was well, a, you've been here for 28 years, I right. guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it has, you might, you might are you thinking yeah. about staying? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking maybe <laughs> I will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about college? Where'd you go to? Where was college? So um, I grew up in Texas, and um, really, yeah, grew up in, Where in Texas? North Texas, Wichita Falls area. Burt Burnett is the the town, a tiny okay. little town in I was Texas. Say, I should not know. Where no, that's you at. will not know where that is. If you've ever seen the movie Boomtown with Clark Gable, very old movie, um, it's about my hometown, Burt Burnett. Which well, now was I a, have to watch yeah. it. <laughs> it was a huge boomtown, um, oil boomtown in the like oh, okay. early part of the 1900s. Okay. So, um, and not really known for anything else. Just oil. Uh, well, that's most yeah. of Texas, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So besides San Antonio, and that's you know exactly. Music. Right. So um, you asked me about college, and I started talking yeah. about that because I was one of the only people in my graduating class to go outside of Texas to college. I went to Hollins University in Roanoke, Virginia. Oh, yeah. I know where Hollins um, is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great Hood school. Hoods plays Hollins in sports. Yeah. 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 It's a really good school. Um, yep. I went there mainly because of their abroad program in Paris. Okay. Um, because I was really excited about studying abroad, obviously, as a French, mm-hmm. you know, somebody who's interested in French. And um, they had a really good program. They still do, as far as I know. Um, in Paris. So, so how did you get the, I mean, how did you get the bug for French language? And I'm assuming French culture. Right. While in in a small oil town in Texas. So that's a great story, actually. This is what I want to know. I I was like, where did that come from? Yeah, it's a great story. So uh, somebody told me in, I guess, a a guidance counselor or something in my sophomore year in high school, you really should take a language because colleges want that. And I was like, oh, really? Do I need to? Okay, I guess I will. You know, they tell me I have to. Fine. Um, And I looked at the options, and we had a Spanish teacher who did not have a good reputation at the school. um, Students didn't like her, and, you know, I just heard bad things about her generally. Spanish would have made sense for me, right, growing up in Texas. Yeah, that probably would have been Um, But because of the situation, I decided, okay, that wasn't for me. So then I looked at uh, French, and we had Spanish, French, and German in my high school. And the woman who taught French and German was essentially a war bride, she had, it was French. Oh, so she, and she yeah. married a GI? She married a GI, and we were near an Air Force base, and <sighs> her husband had been stationed at the Air Force base, and then she was uh, he died. She was widowed. Okay. And she stayed there and taught French and German. Wow. So she was teaching German with a pretty strong French accent, from what I was told. So French was the logical choice. It's like, okay, there's a French lady who happens to be in Burke Burnett, Texas. I'll take French. 
And I absolutely fell in love with it. That's pretty cool. So. That's, I feel like that's one of those things where it was meant to be. Exactly. Because it's such an odd set of circumstances yeah. and things that had to fall into place. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is, yeah. All right. Um, what's the best French food? Like if you could oh, like have one French thing. Not wine. Mm-hmm. Because that's just not fair. <laughs> bread. Bread? Yeah. French bread? I think my favorite thing now yeah. when I go to France is breakfast. Is because oh breakfast yeah because it's breakfast is really what's, good what's croissant good, what's, okay yeah well, and really good French bread toasted yeah. with butter and jam Ooh. it's amazing okay. and in fact my son is there right now and is his he? his priority when he gets off the plane in Paris today is to get bread okay that's so, the first thing yeah and we should you know fully transparent yeah Charlie and my daughter Kate went to high school together correct so I've known yeah. you for a long a time long time yeah I mean kind of on a just you know mm-hmm. this is one of my daughters or one of my kids' parents. Right. I think I came over to the house once. I think so. Was and I've Halloween been to your party? house once. Yeah, right. I Halloween think you party. You guys a Halloween party. Yep. Yep. And I've what? dropped off at your house. I don't know if I've ever been inside. Yeah. 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 Charlie came over, uh, I think, yeah. plenty of times. At least, yeah. Um, so growing up, what was mm-hmm. it like growing up in your household? What was the family mm-hmm. dynamic? Like what did, Let's see. What, what did your dad do? So um, my parents were divorced when I was five. Okay. So it was my mom. You and, lived with your mom? Excuse me. Uh, yeah, lived with my okay. mom. And um, I saw my dad maybe once a month okay. uh, at that point at my grandparents' house. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, I guess that's pretty much it. I was okay. raised by a single parent, uh, my Bro- brother yeah. and me. Just, just older mm-hmm. or younger brother? Younger brother. Right. How yeah. much younger? Uh, four years. Four years. Do you yeah. guys get along? Uh, oh, yeah. Or did you have the typical? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, when we were kids, we had typical back and forth that siblings have, but we get along really well now. That's good. So. Um, tell me what, like, I know a lot of people, like, had that typical, you had to be home for dinner, you had to do this, <laughs> you had chores to do. What was what was kind of that dynamic around your household? <laughs> Or even that, like, you know, did you guys go on vacations? Did you? Did oh, we totally you did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we definitely went out of Texas. Yeah. My mom loved to travel. Okay. Um, she loved to, we loved Disney World. We went to, my very oh, really? first plane flight was. Now, would was, you guys drive or fly? No, fly. Um, my, the first time I ever went on a plane, I was eight. My brother was four. We went to Disney World, which had just opened. Okay. <laughs> so in the 70s. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that was a big deal for us. I always feel like that's been open forever, but it was just open. It was 70. just opened. I think it opened in 70 or 71. I don't remember okay. exactly. And yeah. it was, it should have been, let's see, 72 was our first trip. Man. So. And flying back then. Yeah. I mean, you think a big about deal. like what it was now yeah. and what it was yeah. back then. Yeah. I tell flying my kids. Flying was huge. You dressed yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was you a big deal. You nice. You put a suit on. Yep. Yep. And my mom smoked the whole flight, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They which, had the yeah. little ashtray. Oh, yeah. Little ashtray. Yeah. Yeah. My kids are blown away by that when I talk yeah, about it. it. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Like if you get in like an old car or something like that, yeah. they have the, yeah. the, the, the ashtray. Right. And the it's smoking and the non smoking section in a plane. What what good does that do? Yeah. Oh, my God. Crazy. So where else? What other kind of places? Like oh, was, we, we did road tell trips too. Tell me like your too. favorite place like when you were a kid that you went on vacation. Disney World. Dis- was it Disney Absolutely World? Absolutely Disney World, yeah. Yeah, I was eight the first time and then we went back when I was 12 and okay. went back when I was 16. So Do you take the family now? Uh, Have yes. you guys been? Yes, absolutely. In fact, we're going to Disneyland over the winter break this year. I'm a big Disney fan still. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, no, my kids aren't. They yeah, hate it. Just, actually, yeah. no, both my kids. I I took them all through their childhood, and they just don't like it at all. Yeah, but my husband and I love it, and we we still go without That's them. That's good. And so. then, again, I'm not gonna, you know, yeah. it's not my cup of tea, but I'm <laughs> not gonna tell yep. somebody else not to. I know plenty of people yeah. who 
you know, are, mm-hmm. you know, fanatics about it. And that's, you know, yep. they'll save and save. You know? Yeah, it's I'm a lot of fun. I'm going to Sedona a, over winter break. Oh, Arizona, awesome. So. Yeah. Doing some solo trips. If the kids will come with me. That sounds we'll nice. See. They might. Um, yeah. So, all right. Um, so you came here 28 years ago. Right. You're obviously remarried. Yep. How did that? So I don't want to know the, the details of the divorce, <laughs> but tell me about life now and family now because um, you have Charlie and you have another. I have an older child, an older Alex, child. Yep, okay. who's almost 26. So yep. Alex is Zach's age? Uh, yeah. So Frederick High School? Yeah. So they must have been same in... Same class. Okay, were they in sure. the same class? Yeah, I think so. Wow, I didn't... Was that 2014? 13? I can't remember. 14? Um, yeah, honestly, I'm not sure. No, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, That's I don't, embarrassing. Not, <laughs> I think it was 13, I'm not sure. Well, then maybe Zach was a year ahead of he Alex. might have been a year. Yeah. So tell me about uh, your husband now. So uh, my husband now and I met in a piano bar in Gaithersburg um, uh, because I was singing in the bar and uh, he got up to sing and he is uh, he's done uh, Broadway tours, national tours in his youth and is an amazing amazing singer and, and actor. Okay, so you were so, you were at you were just there to watch or were you? Both, no, I was there singing. You were too. there singing. Yeah. Was it yeah. like open mic night? Yeah, it's, yeah. There was an open mic okay. piano bar in Gaithersburg. It's, it doesn't exist anymore, but oh. um, yeah. And I was going there regularly after my divorce uh, when my kids were with, with their dad. I would okay. go out, and um, that was when I started singing again. I hadn't sung for years at that Did point. Did you sing like in college? In uh, choir, yeah, totally. I sang all through my childhood and in in college. And then uh, when I married my first husband, he didn't really like it when I sang, and so mm-hmm. I. Stop singing. Oh, I'm embarrassed uh, to say yeah. that I actually allowed that to happen. I'm sorry that happened. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So anything uh, you have a passion for, and somebody says, "Please don't do that." Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. No, that's that should have been a red flag, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, it obviously was. Maybe yeah. just not just right took away. Took a while. Yeah. Took a little bit. Yeah. All right. So that's cool because my wife and I met. Oh, in that's a bar. cool. Uh, we awesome. met at Old Town Tavern. Oh, fun. She was a yeah. student here, and huh. um, I had just got here. Met huh. her the second day I was in Frederick. Oh, wow, really? Crazy? Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, we just kind of met mm-hmm. as like, you know, I was playing darts with somebody, and yeah. he introduced me, and then, hmm. you know, we saw each other a couple times after that. And yeah, that's nice. The rest is history. Yep. Alex is 26. Right. Charlie is 24, right? 23. 23. Yeah. Yep. Same age as Kate. Yep. Um, and is now in Paris studying abroad or yeah, job? Yeah, he is studying in Italy for the semester. Um, so he's in college in Wisconsin, oh, okay. and um, he went to uh, the Umbra Institute in Perugia, Italy, this semester studying sustainability. Oh, that's right. I knew it was yeah. sustainability. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I don't know why I didn't know that it was in in Italy. Well, just this semester. Just this studying semester. Uh, sustainable agriculture. He wanted to see the yeah. the olive harvest and the grape harvest, so um, he went in the fall specifically for that. That so. would be pretty cool. It's awesome. I don't, he's having I'm a great time. I'm trying to think which one I'd rather. See, I'd I probably know. rather see yeah. the olive one because I'm yeah. like, I'm a sucker for like a really good olive oil. So like is I he. I put olive oil on yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, he was very excited about it. But he says the bread in Italy is terrible. So he was really excited oh, really? about getting to Paris and getting some really good French bread. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of, hmm. Yeah. 
That's that's his experience. He told me, and I don't know the is details. It what it was that was like? Is it too dry? Or? No, it's it's salt free apparently. Oh. Um, and this is a tradition in at least parts of Italy. I don't know if it's everywhere, but where he is, uh, there's a uh, very old tradition because of um, some salt tax that existed way in the past, and I don't know if it was medieval or or more recent. Yeah. Um, so they started making their bread without salt as a protest. And it Ew. just became a thing, and so now it's salt-free. You know, they don't have salt in the bread, and he doesn't like it. <laughs> I don't well, know anybody that would want that. Right. I yeah. want well, if you're used to it, I guess. Yeah, I guess you um, grew up Yeah, on it. and he's sad that his apartment in uh, where he's living doesn't have an oven, or he would make his own bread. So, because Charlie loves to bake, yeah, as you know. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the best things that we can teach our kids mm-hmm. is how to bake. Yeah, except I didn't teach him. No, you didn't? <laughs> no. Lisa. No, he's much better at it than I am. <laughs> How did he pick that up? Just on his Just own. Just picked it up? Yeah. I'm not a, good. a good baker. My so. son is an amazing bread baker. Really? Yeah, yeah we Charlie would, We would do breads, like pita bread and mm-hmm. regular breads, homemade pizza dough and all that. Yep. And Zach really got into that. So he now has, um, do you know what like a sourdough mother is? Oh, yes. He has yep. his sourdough mother yep charlie when, had that going we, for a while when we go on a vacation he would bring it with him because he would have to feed it <laughs> yes <laughs> he'd bake yeah. you know he you know when he bakes bread it's like the whole weekend yep because it's like an eight nine hour sometimes right. 12 hour rise for that's right depending yep. on what you're making yeah charlie's done all yeah. that too so it's so, so. much fun mm-hmm. all right so the kids are older so what would you guys do, like as a family? What you know? What were vacations like for you guys when mm-hmm. Alex and Charlie were like six, seven, eight, nine? Besides dragging them to Disney, Disney World. It was a lot of was Disney World. Disney? Yeah, and they they got really tired of Disney World. Did um, you guys travel abroad at all? Uh, we yeah, we did. We you took them. them to we did. We took them to. Uh, we we took them to Europe in. Let me think. Twenty ten, I think it was. Um, and gave each kid a choice of one place that they really wanted to go. And so they had to research it and figure it out and all that. And I guess they were like, I don't know, how old would they have been then? 11 and 13 or something like that. Um, And so Alex chose Rome. And so we went to Rome. Mm -hmm. And then Charlie chose Ireland. And so we went to Ireland. Oh, completely um, different. Did you go yeah. at the same time? Like uh, It was the same trip. Same trip? But yeah, it was okay. you know a trip for like two weeks where we went all over Europe. And uh, we wanted the kids to be able to pick at least one of the destinations. Okay. And um, Charlie has always wanted since then to go back to Ireland. And he was there yesterday. So uh, actually this morning, he left this morning. So he was in Dublin and Galway this week for his fall break. Hopefully getting a pint. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, he was in an Irish pub last night singing, apparently, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Is he a singer? Oh, yes. I've never heard Charlie sing. I didn't oh, know. he's totally a singer. Yeah, he was with the rock school here in Frederick for a long time. Oh, was he? As a, one of the singers, yeah. That's really so, cool. Uh, I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, did you pass that down, or is it something that he picked up on his own? I think he he because you started. I'm sure you guys sang at home. Oh yeah, a, a little piano, bit. And I'm yeah, sure you guys have. Yeah, I remember guitars and stuff. Right. Yeah, and and uh, David, my my husband now, uh, is definitely very into music. Obviously, yeah. he's a singer. So, um, both kids were sort of inspired by that. Alex also sings, mm-hmm. um, but Charlie doesn't do anything with it right now. He's not singing actively, you know, other than just in the just shower or whatever. He just yeah. likes it. Yeah, he enjoys it. But somebody apparently convinced him to sing in the in the pub last night. And I really wish I'd I hope been there. There's video of that. I hope <laughs> we gotta like, find video of that. Somewhere. That would be great. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, mm-hmm. what's the best region in France? And don't oh, say Paris. Oh wow. 
That's right. Because I'm like, this is weird. I'm one of those people that I want to go, but when I go places, I'm, I'm really not super interested in seeing like the touristy things. Yeah. I'm like I've seen the Eiffel Tower. Right. I'm like, I know what it looks like. Right. I want to go somewhere. I want to go like the side street over there. Yeah. That is, you know, three mm-hmm. or four blocks away and mm-hmm. explore that. Yeah. So tell me like if I'm going to go where. Wow. Like out of the mainstream. So, well, it depends on what you call mainstream. I mean, the, the areas that I like are still fairly touristy, but okay. they're more they're more unknown to American tourists, I guess. Yeah, I want to go so, yeah, somewhere yeah. where I get a little bit more right. like local culture right. instead so, of like, oh, here comes the American. So I, I have two thoughts on that. So I would go to Burgundy. Uh, Dijon is one of my favorite places in okay. France. And that is partly because I started going there when I was a student because the uh, study abroad director for yeah. my program from Holland's uh, took us there the first time and introduced us to to Dijon and took us wine tasting because you could do that back then you yeah. know, <laughs> with students. Hard to do <laughs> yeah. They frown on that now. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, and we got pretty tipsy too. Um, but I, I just love the food there. I okay. love the, the atmosphere. Uh, Dijon is a beautiful medieval city. Um, I took Charlie there when I was we were over for my sabbatical five years ago and okay. he fell in love with it as well. Right. It's just beautiful. Um, and then my other thought would be the southwest, Dordogne the Dordogne area, uh, which is full of medieval castles um, and beautiful views and really amazing food. Uh, foie gras is a big specialty yeah. there um, and all kinds of other delicious things. Uh, cassoulet, if you like yeah, cassoulet, that's also... food. Yeah. I've had a, um, an idea for a long time. I think it'd be cool to take a trip to different cities and towns that mm-hmm. our foods are named after. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like Capicola yeah. and, you know, Dijon yeah. and Dahlia. Yeah. Know, all these places that right. are just named after, right. that foods are named after, right. that they're known for. Absolutely. I think that would be an awesome thing yeah. to do. And actually, one of my favorite things to do in Dijon is the mustard stores. They have entire stores of different kinds think, of mustard. Yeah, it's man, fabulous. I go crazy. Um, but all the food from, I mean, uh, beef burgundy is from that area. Mm-hmm. All the A lot of traditional French cooking that we think of as traditional, which is kind of passé in France. Yeah. But, you know. Um, Coco Van is from that area. Yeah, because French um, is a little bit, it's very thick, isn't it? It's yeah. heavy. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of cream sauces. Yeah. Well, the yeah. traditional cooking is, yeah. Traditional, yeah. Um, and yeah, my favorite wines are from that area, from Burgundy as well. So okay. uh, d- just I wonderful things. like very yeah. dry red. Uh, not very dry, not actually. Dry? No, the drier ones are from Bordeaux, and okay. I, I don't really care for them. Uh, <laughs> so, But I love I Burgundy. Thinking, yeah, wine would be like a Bordeaux. If you weren't teaching... French. Mm-hmm. If you weren't here, mm-hmm. what would your what would your other career path have been? Oh wow, that's like if tough. you're like you know, like mm. for me, like if I wasn't, uh, I never thought of being a teacher. I mm-hmm. was going to be a photographer all my life, and I right. fell into teaching. Right. Thank you, Al Weinberg. I mean, I always wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, d- being a French teacher was a late addition to that okay. dream. So originally, I wanted to be an English teacher. Um, if I hadn't ever taken French, that's probably the direction would I would have gone in, I would guess. Okay. Um, but I've also thought about, you know, if for some reason I, you know, there was suddenly no, no hood college or something happened where I, I suddenly wasn't teaching, what would I do? Yeah. And I've thought about working for, um, companies like Blackboard. Okay. Uh, so doing like educational software has always interested me. Um, I was very into computer assisted language learning when that first became a thing in the eighties. And that was really early. I mean, yeah. I used to do it on a Vax. So, <laughs> yeah. I think you'd make a great American ambassador to France. 
I can't really imagine that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But yeah, yeah computers have always fascinated me. I, I've, uh, I, I've always said that when I took programming in, mm-hmm. uh, as an undergraduate, and I took programming, by the way, instead of math. That's the way our core curriculum worked. I, I decided that instead of taking math, I would take um, basic and Fortran. Oh, yeah, ooh. and I because I was scared of math at the time, yeah. and even though I was pretty good at it, I was scared of it, and so I took basic and Fortran and absolutely loved it. Did you really? And thought at the time, if I weren't al- already on this oh, other okay. path, I might be doing things with computers because I, I think they're fascinating. Wow. So that's another thing that's that always interested have been me. Successful there too. Yeah. Uh, and also, you have a book in front of you. I do. Which is your latest? It Tell is. me, and this is. Is this the second or third? This is my second book. This is your second book. Yeah. So let's talk about this one first. Okay. And then let's get into the first one. So tell me what this one's about. Okay. So this one is called Mother's Milk and Male Fantasy in 19th Century French Narrative. Okay. And it is all about representations of breastfeeding in 19th Century France, um, mainly in text. Oh, is it, is it, I was going to say, is so, it in text or is it in, in visuals? There's a little bit of visual art. Um, yeah. the, the only image that I used was on the cover, but, um, okay. but there's a little bit of talk about it, some visual right. art as well. So, What was the inspiration for, for getting into breastfeeding in French culture in Okay, so that goes back to the first book. (laughs) Um, So my first book was essentially my dissertation, my PhD dissertation. So when I was working on my dissertation in graduate school, and I went to Stanford for graduate work in California, Mm -hmm. um, and I was reading, as one does, you know, various things, because you have to, right, for your comps or whatever. And so I'm reading, like, all these different novels. And I came across a novel by Balzac um, called Memoirs of Two Young Married Women, um, and it is uh, a set of letters. It's an epistolary novel, meaning a novel through letters. And it's, a, it's basically fictional, but it's a set okay. of letters from one young woman to another about their days in the convent together and their friendship and telling about their lives. And one of them marries uh, without love. She, doesn't, she, she marries an older man she's never okay. met uh, because it's arranged by her family. And the other one uh, pursues love passion and never has children so the one who's married in a loveless marriage has children and breastfeeds her own children which was very unusual i was gonna say you usually had a witness back exactly so that was very unusual at the time she chooses to do that the character does Mm -hmm. right and the character describes in great detail the erotic pleasure that she gets from breastfeeding and I thought this was so interesting in the 1840s, uh, first of all, to even yeah. have this because it's still taboo today to talk about that. And second of all, that it would be a male author writing it. I was it. just going to say. Just so interesting. I was interesting. just going to clarify. Was it a yeah, male author? a male author. author. Balzac is, is a guy. Yeah. And was a guy. And um, so I wow. was very, very intrigued by this. And I thought, huh, how did he, first of all, find this information? Yeah. Was he married? Did he have children? No, no. <laughs> or did <laughs> so, he, yeah, did he just like assume? Yeah, did he make it up? Some did sort he of get, erotic pleasure from breastfeeding. Right. Did he have a source of I information? Feel like not. Who was it? You yeah. know, all those things. So all those questions were going through my head as I was reading this, but they had nothing to do with my dissertation. Okay. So I put them in a in a drawer, basically. And I did my dissertation, which then turned into my first book, which was all about motherhood and representations of the motherhood in the works of a particular author, Stendhal, okay. in the eighteen thirties mostly and forties. Um, but nothing about breastfeeding. He, he just doesn't talk about it very much. So okay. I was interested, but I, yeah. I thought later, right? And then I had two children and breastfed them. 
and came back to the the uh, um, novel, the okay. Balzac novel, and started looking into it. And yeah. I've been looking into it for going on 26 years. Wow. So, so you've been doing research for 26 years. At least. At I years. mean, if you count when I actually had the idea, it's longer than that. Yeah, longer than that. Yeah. So, Interesting. Yeah. So I've been collecting instances of breastfeeding in literature in the 19th century in France for 25, 30 years. Now, I mean, did you look into, is this like just a French literature or is it other kind of renaissance? No, it's not you know? just French literature, but France is in a, a sort of a different situation than a lot of other countries in Europe uh, and, and compared to the United mm -hmm. States in terms of the wet nursing industry and how uncommon it was for women to nurse their own children. Okay. That, that continued. was just a French thing? Uh, it was not only French, but it continued a lot longer in France, okay. from what I understand, than in other countries. Um, and it really up until past the First World War, it was still really a thing wow. in France. So I, I was just fascinated with all of this. So it took me a long time, first of all, to, to understand the historical context. Yeah. And it look, you know, look more into that. And I read original sources. I did archival work, you know, reading the... Uh, the chief of police in Paris's reports from the 1800s, those kinds of things, trying to understand what was going on in reality, mm -hmm. and then looking at the representations in literature and comparing those and seeing, you know, what I thought. So 20-something years later, I finally have a book. This is why I do this show, because <laughs> this is just blowing my mind right now. That, it's pretty cool, right? I mean, it is. You yeah. To, it's a very obscure yeah. topic. Yeah. But when you present it and you're like, mm -hmm. Well, now I kind of want to know more about right? this. And like, well, why? Got to read my book. I'm probably yeah. going to have to. <laughs> That's super cool. And then the other, um, I think it's somewhat related. You're mm -hmm. very active mm -hmm. in the LGBT community. Right. Community. Right. Um, you teach gender studies here. Right. How long have we had the uh, gender studies? Um, kind of, I guess it's not since a since before not a major, I arrived. There's a couple classes, right? No, since there's a minor. Little, yeah, it's a minor. Right? It's yeah. been a minor in women's studies, and that uh, since before I arrived okay. at Hood, I think. Well, around I think all women's college, you would have a women's studies. Well, you would class. think, right? Uh, so in around 1990, um, the the college started the minor in women's studies, and then it became a minor in women's and gender studies and gender about studies. 15 years ago, maybe. Okay. Um, and we don't have a major at this point. We've talked about having a major, but we have never quite gotten there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is a minor and, okay. uh, there's an intro to women's and gender studies. That's the core course of the mm -hmm. minor. And then it's a list of, of electives. And I teach one of those, um, electives on motherhood Okay. because that's my area of research. Yeah. So motherhood, a social institution, that's which cool. is, is really um, fun. I think that's great. And then tell me, I mean, I know, like I said, I know you're very active. Mm -hmm. Socially, locally, right in the LGBTQ right. plus community, right. Tell me a little bit about that. Okay, so um, I've always been interested in uh, supporting and being an ally of the LGBTQ community. I've always had family members who were gay or lesbians, or okay. um, you know, uh, in uh, in the community in umbrella community. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am myself. I'm a very boring straight cis person but <laughs> yeah i'm on the other side of that gender i'm just like i'm just me yeah yeah straight cis We're just white cisgender <laughs> is which means i'm not transgender yep. right um but i am an ally and i have been for for a long time um but then when my son came to me and uh, when he was about 14 and said mm -hmm. mom i'm actually a boy 
Um, he was assigned female at birth and I didn't really know what that meant. Uh, I didn't know anything about, and I'm embarrassed to say I was teaching gender and women's studies and did not know anything about transgender people. Well, there, so in your defense th yeah. uh, back then, even, right. even, you know, um, what, 10, 15 years ago, yeah. it really wasn't out in the open, so to speak, out in right. the open, a topic that you could find a lot of information That's on. That's right. It was a lot harder then, you yeah. Know? So this was yeah. 2012, 2013, something like yeah. that. Yeah, I feel like that so, whole discussion about gender mm -hmm. and gender identity kind of opened up a lot. I was thinking about it along the same time as, like, discussions on concussions and concussion yeah. protocol. Yeah, that's probably you know, about right, yeah. Kind of came out like, mm -hmm. we need to be talking about this. Right. Because people are getting screwed up. Right. You know, and then with, you know, with uh, transgender community, people are getting kind of messed up with right. like, I want to be this, but they don't have any idea how to say it or who right. to go to. Right. Or, or a resource or somebody that, an ally. Right. Um, yeah. And the internet. And it was right around that right. time right. where I think that door was slowly cracking open. Absolutely. And the internet was what saved yeah. my, my son. Um, I mean, that's the place that he went to find okay. people like him, people with his experience. Mm -hmm. um, YouTube. He, he followed people on YouTube who were living the same experience that he was that living. That must have been eye-opening, too. And I that was huge for him. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that really saved him when he was going through this transition was the local LGBT center, the Frederick Center. Mm -hmm. Which um, is very... Yeah. Kind of, uh, I, I want to say lively, but it, it's, yeah. they're involved in a lot. A lot, they yeah. They're very active in the I'm community. Very happy about that. Yeah, and they were founded just shortly before that in 2012, I believe. Okay. Um, and, and for this purpose, mm -hmm. to support particularly youth uh, yeah. in our community. And I convinced my son to go to their youth group their weekly youth group. And that was absolutely, um, revolutionary for him and life-saving, um, in, in terms of, you know, meeting people with similar experiences and mm -hmm. all of that. And it was so important for him that then I decided to step forward and, and try to give back. And so I was on yeah. the board of directors of the Frederick center for six years. Okay. Um, and, uh, we were an active board because the, at that time we had no paid staff at the Frederick center. It was all board members doing all right. the work. Um, thank goodness now they have progressed to a point where they have um, employees yeah. so who are paid to do this work because it's so much work, yeah. um, but it's so important. Yeah. So. Are you involved with Pride? Yes, I was all? for years. Yeah. Okay. Now, th right now I'm only involved in that I volunteer every year yeah. um, at the actual event. Um, right. but I did for, a couple yeah. times. Uh, this yeah. year I was at the booth for Hood, but uh, right. in the past, um, Kate has, my daughter has. I have, um, when my wife was alive, she did, whether it's setting up um, right. a couple of times. I love that we uh, poured beer and wine. That yeah. was a blast because you met right. so many people. Right, yeah. It was just so, so much fun. I've done all kinds of different things there. As a board member, I worked at the merch table, so I was selling yeah. T-shirts and that kind of thing. It's I was also, I, I ran a membership table for the Frederick Center many years in a row. Uh, I helped with the planning. I mean, all kinds of things as a board member that, that had to be done. Good. Um, and now I'm just at the point where I, I volunteer at the event. Okay, so. Well, you probably, I mean, you have a lot going on. Yeah. You need to be super yeah. busy. Right. Well, I stepped back from the board because I became co-director of the honors program at Hood. And yeah. there was just no way for me to do both. I was going to say, that's a lot. Yeah. It was too much. That is way so, too much. Um, but I still support them 100%. I think they're doing great work in the community. Yeah. And I think Hood has a pretty good relationship with them. Yeah, well, absolutely. We? In fact, we, we have a lot of, of here on yeah, campus. A lot of crossover with them. Right. 
And mm -hmm. um, in fact, we, we have a transgender author coming to the campus in January that's co-sponsored by the Frederick Center, okay. um, Sophie LaBelle. Um, her uh, comic strip is called Assigned Male. And oh. she is super famous, and I'm, I get all fangirly when she's around. She's just <laughs> fabulous, um, and I'm really excited to have her coming to campus. Cool, and that's so. something we talked about yeah. having them on for um, right. a show here. Right, uh, yeah, that would be awesome. To either have on Blazer Radio um, or uh, do something in one of our broadcast studios, right. which I want to do more like that. Yeah, Trying that'd be great. people, you know, mm -hmm. all these authors to come on. Yeah, and the last time we had a transgender author on campus, Ivan Coyote, yep. in 2019, I still use the video from... It's great, uh, yeah. yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, from the, the interview that Paul did with, with yeah. um, Ivan. He did a really good job. Yeah, so... All right, so just a couple more questions. Halloween's coming up. What's the best Halloween candy? Best Halloween candy is Baby Ruth by Baby far. Baby Ruth? Yeah. Baby Ruth. Totally. That's my favorite. Hmm. Yeah. I love them. They're very dangerous. I try to keep them out of my house. <laughs> and you're a huge. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna out you on this one. You are a huge diet Dr Pepper. I am fanatic because I remember yeah. on Facebook yep. at one point. I think it was during the pandemic or something. Like I can't find diet Dr Pepper. Oh, it was terrible. And it was crazy. And, yeah. and I was like, I'm like, they have them at Costco. Do you want me to pick up my? Candy? They don't always. It depends on the day. But yeah, I love my diet Dr Pepper. I've given up all carbonated, caffeinated, you mm -hmm. know, um, sugary sweets. Yeah. But every once in a while, I yep. have to digress and get a diet, Dr. Pepper. Yep. It's it's a Texan thing. So there's a, a diet, not diet, a Dr. Pepper Museum in Waco, Texas. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was invented in Waco in the 1800s. Is that where Dr. Pepper was? Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's a Texas thing. I started drinking it as a teenager. Wow. And have never stopped. I just moved to diet from the regular yeah. at some point. I, that, yeah. Have you so. ever had the uh, the vanilla? They no, I haven't tried they it. The vanilla and the yeah. cherry. I'm I'm scared to try the cherry. I'm afraid it'll be gross. Yeah. But I haven't tried it. So they're okay. And yeah, so there's like a cream soda too. Yeah, there's a cream yeah. soda one. That I mean, combination with Dr Pepper, which sounds yeah. wrong to me, but I don't know. yeah. All so. right. All right. And then um, favorite childhood Halloween costume. Oh wow. That you remember. Do you remember one? I'm trying to even remember. Um, one year I made my own costume and I made a, a toga out of an old tablecloth and had a really good time making it and thought it was super cool. I imagine it was probably lame, but at the time I thought it was really cool. <laughs> so. Yeah, I remember um, in college, like that was always like if we had, mm -hmm. there's a Halloween party and somebody didn't know what to do, they'd right. just grab the sheet out their bed and. Pull up a toga. And make a toga, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so Animal was... House was still so right. popular, right? Back yeah, then. yeah. I remember being really proud of that toga, but I have no idea if it was actually as cool as I think it was. Well, I'll give it to you. <laughs> I think it was super cool. If you made it, I think that's. Great. I did, yeah. I was I probably it. twelve. I don't know. So. And then, what else should we know about about Doctor Lisa? Wow. Um, I think we've pretty much covered it. I'm yeah. trying to think. Like if oh, you're oh. Not, if you're not here, yeah. And you're not playing music. Like, what do you do to relax? Uh, well, we didn't talk about my band, so that's um, right. Let's talk a little yeah. bit about the so, band. Uh, you guys still? I mean, you took we, a hiatus, I would imagine, during 
Uh, we okay. did, but we uh, we play the in the street festival every year. So okay, yep. um, so I started after I was saying after my divorce, I started singing again. Um, and then I discovered there was a, a big band here called the Star Spangled Big Band mm-hmm. of Frederick, and I started singing with them. And then when that band dissolved, um, my myself along with two other musicians in the area, we formed a new band. We founded the Market Street Big Band of Frederick. Uh, which is still going. Yeah. And um, we play in the street every year. That's the big street festival in September. Um, We play uh, mostly private gigs other than that, like retirement homes, um, um, country fairs, any kind of thing like that. Why don't you guys play here at Hood? Um, Have you ever played here at Hood? We have not. We've never been invited. We need to to look into doing that. Maybe for like the winter... Yeah, faculty gathering or whatever. That'd be great. We, we would, would need to be paid. Cool. So yeah, that's always the the stumbling well, block. It might be um, a deal breaker. Yeah, for... it might be indeed. <laughs> yes, but Kevin Lewis is is in, still in the band. Um, okay. He's one of the founding members, and he uh, directs the jazz band here at Hood. Right. So uh, at least last I heard. Um, so yeah, we we have tried to um, rehearse on campus to to perform on campus, and none of that has been successful in the past. We need but to look that up. Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm. We'd but, love that. So we have an Andrew Sisters trio. We have um, uh, one it. other. Uh, we have a male vocalist and then four female vocalists right now. Favorite song to sing? Oh, Lady is the Tramp. Oh, Absolutely. Really? Yes. It's my favorite. It's now, just I, so much fun. Is it just because it's fun? And I, the lyrics yeah, are Yeah. I mean, the fun. lyrics are fun. I, I don't know. I've just gotten really fond of it over the years. Okay. I didn't used to like it as much. And for some reason, maybe it's just because I'm so comfortable with it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can kind of play with it and relax and not worry about remembering lyrics or anything like that, <laughs> you yeah. know. So, um, but it's just a lot of fun. Do you have you ever gone uh, and done karaoke? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Terrified my husband and I do. Um, yeah, my husband's express. Uh, uh, well, the way he looks at karaoke is that people going to do karaoke aren't there to like sing pretty. They're there to have a good time and make yeah. idiots out of themselves and you know drink a lot of beer. And we want to go and sing nicely, and, and sing. people aren't really interested in that. <laughs> why do you sound so normal? Yeah, why are we, you, sound you know. like you know what you're doing. And you're not drinking enough, yeah. and, you know, so it's not really our scene, okay. um, as we discovered after yeah. trying it a couple times. I went once, and it was terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it can be terrifying. Yeah. So, um, so we haven't done a lot of that. We do, when we go to New York, sometimes we go to okay. open mic piano bars mm-hmm. and uh, sing there, and I, I actually had my New York debut, as they put it, at a um, cabaret piano bar in New York uh, at the Duplex. That's cool. Um, years ago, which was really fun. Right. Well, thank you. Thank and you. And now I got to think, we, we need to get a piano bar in Frederick. Oh, I wish. Yeah. And we need to get your band singing somewhere here. That we need would to find be awesome. an event. Like family weekend or yeah, something. Yeah, absolutely. You know. I mean, it's, you know, the music is, is old music, so okay. a lot of people aren't that interested in that music anymore, like but the parents, yeah. well, it's yeah. their grandparents' music at this point. That's okay. So, um, but I love it. I love the music of Frank Sinatra and Ella Fitzgerald and yeah. all of that. And my, my husband sings with the band too, so it's really fun. Thank you for being on the show. This Thank was you very, very much. enlightening. I'm gonna, I have so much now to think about. <laughs> I'm going to go like looking up, you know, like uh, you know, mid-century articles yeah. about breastfeeding mothers and right? fantasy and stuff like that. Yeah, it's great stuff. Wow. Yeah. So say hi to Charlie. I will. And uh, for me, and mm-hmm. hope that uh, he's having a blast with the uh, the olive and grape harvest. Yep. Yep. I hope so too. Great. Yep. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. See, I told you, that was definitely a very eye-opening podcast show. 
thank you again to Dr. Lisa Elgazi Marcus. I very much appreciated hearing about your life growing up in northern Texas, how you discovered a passion for French culture and Dr. Pepper, and also all things Disney. What a strange combination. But, again, that's why I do this show. And I also very much appreciate your support and everything you do for the LGBTQ plus community. They are blessed to have you as an ally. And when I asked you about different jobs, um, maybe, maybe there's a piano bar owner um, career in your future. Who knows? Something to look forward to. So there you go. Thank you for tuning in. Until the next episode of Get to Know a Blazer, I'm your host, Tim Jacobson, and as always, be kind to others, and more importantly, be kind to yourself. Lead-in and lead-out music for our show, titled Grandpa, is written and played by none other than John Medallis. Get to Know a Blazer is a production of Hood College Broadcasting Studios.